Which teams are the best fit for a trade this offseason? And what would it take to get Dylan Cease from the Chicago White Sox? We're going to talk about all of this today on Locked on Cardinals. You are Locked on Cardinals, your daily St. Louis Cardinals podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey there, Cardinals fans. I'm J.D. Haffern, and I'm a national radio sports anchor. Born and raised in the Lou and a lifetime Cardinals fan, and I'm your host for Locked On Cardinals, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Follow me on Twitter, at J.D. Sports Radio. You can follow the podcast at LO underscore Cardinals. I want to thank those of you who make Locked On Cardinals your first listen every day, free and available wherever you get your podcasts. Make sure you like, subscribe, and comment if you're going to join us on YouTube, where the visuals come in, pictures and framing you could have seen richie palacios on this show yesterday the cardinals utility infielder outfielder whatever you want to call him just baseball player he was on here yesterday uh it's good and uh we're getting very close to the eight thousand subscribers we were within like five uh last time i checked today so uh make sure you come out and check us out if you haven't got a chance to hit that notification button so you know when new episodes are posted this is a show serving cardinal nation and giving the best fans in baseball all of the info about the birds on the bat. Today's episode brought to you by Jace Medical. Empower yourself when you purchase a Jace case, providing you with a personal supply of five antibiotics that treat 50-plus infections. You can get yours today at jacemedical.com. That's J-A-S-E medical.com. All right, once again, sorry for this one coming out so late. Had to uh, do my normal job uh, today and uh, kind of caught me in the middle of things. So I was out doing West Coast stuff. So I apologize for this, but we've got a lot to talk about, a lot of fun stuff to talk about, trade rumors, trade speculation, free agent predictions, you know, uh, it's fun. Are we having fun yet? I I feel like you should be. I think it's fun each day reading uh, about all the different journalists coming up with different ratings and different places the players are going. I know a lot of it can be mind-numbing. I I do know that, but when you have a season like the Cardinals just had, uh, we knew things were going to happen. Changes were going to happen, and it appears that almost anything and everything is on the table right now, right now, which leaves us a lot of room for speculation and for rumors to be swirling. And, uh, you know, we've got a few of them to talk about here today involving a, a number of different players. Tommy Edmond, Dylan Carlson, uh, Brendan Donovan. We're going to get into all of it. Uh, we did an episode last week talking about a deal with Dylan Carlson, um, but we got another one here which uh, isn't one that I'd, I'd really heard a lot about. So uh, uh, we're going to chat about it today. Now, this stems from an article that the great Derek Gould at STLToday.com released where he brought up four teams that the Cardinals could end up doing business with to acquire pitching. Now, Gould makes a really, 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 really good point, an observation with this, this year's free agent market. And I want to give him full credit on this one because there seems to be a lot more pitching available than impact bats right uh Shohei Otani obviously your number one guy hitting wise also you could say pitching wise even though he's not going to pitch uh this coming year but after that it goes to Cody Bellinger who's really really good and then it really kind of tails off like it drops so we know in the pitching market you've got Otani if you if you want to count him but then it goes Blake Snell Aaron Nola Jordan Montgomery uh, Yoshinobu Yamamoto, Sonny Gray, and more and more and more. It's just stronger in the pitching market than it is in the hitting market. So 
what his point of this is, is that maybe because of this, the Cardinals surplus of infielders and outfielders might be something that more people want to get their hands on because there's not a lot of the free agent ones to sign. So here are the four teams that Gold brings up. We're going to start with the New York Yankees. Now we've heard the rumors at the trade deadline this past year uh, about the Yankees and the Cardinals that talked about some possible deals that included the Cardinals sending an offensive player of some sort to the Bronx to get some of their young pitching in return. Ultimately, nothing came to fruition, but Gould says the Yankees were exploring the market of younger outfielders, left-handed bats, and had been kicking around the name of Dylan Carlson. Now, Gould continues saying it's not clear if the Yankees' interest in Carlson has followed them into the offseason, but according to sources, two left-handed hitting Cardinals have at least been discussed by the Yankees as potential targets. Brendan Donovan and Alec Burleson, both of whom are pre-arbitration players and both of whom are coming off injuries. Donovan has started a throwing program in Jupiter as he returns from elbow surgery. Burleson fractured his hand. He's rehabbing from the surgery he had to support the bones mending. And then Carlson is in the Phoenix area recovering from his foot surgery. Now, Gould brings up the names of AAA right-hander Clayton Beater. We talked about him at the deadline and uh, a name that he did not bring up, uh, at least I had never heard this one uh, until now, uh, relief pitcher Ron Marinaccio, as guys the Cardinals would have interest in, but says that the Cardinals are looking for immediate additions to improve the Major League Club this winter and intend to sell high if they sell at all on their left-handed hitters. So that was interesting. Uh, next on the list here, he's got the Seattle Mariners. Again, remember we talked about the Mariners uh, at the deadline this past season uh, and after it actually specifically the name of Logan Gilbert was a guy that had been brought up in multiple publications as someone that the Cardinals had interest in uh, very good young right-hander a lot of years of control available uh, but Gould also brings up other names that Seattle has in their rotation and on their staff George Kirby uh, Brian Wu and Bryce Miller but points out that Mariners GM Jerry Depoto says I don't know that moving a starter is in the cards for us this year. You know, we don't want to eat away at that depth. Now, to me, that sounds like an invite. You want some of what we got? It's going to cost you big time. That's what that sounds like to me. The question is, would Donovan or Edmund or Carlson, O'Neal be a big enough bat? or a combination of those guys would be enough bats in DePoto's mind to move one of his young arms. That That's the real question. Um, I don't know. Again, I it's tough for me because I'm not talking to these guys. You know, I got to go off of what these writers are saying and what they're talking about. I don't know how everybody views the Cardinals players. You know, I, I don't know how high people think of Tommy Edmond and Brendan Donovan and Tyler O'Neill and Dylan Carlson at this point. You know, a lot of the trade value, especially for O'Neill and Carlson, has gone because of the injuries and the lack of production in the last two years. Um, Edmund, very, very good. I know we love him, but I don't know how everybody else feels about him. And then there's Brendan Donovan, who I think a lot of people like. I know we like them or like him. But does everybody think of him as highly as we do here in St. Louis uh, or as high as the Cardinals think of him? I'm just 
not totally sure. You know, for years, we've heard that the Cardinals value their guys way more than the rest of the league does, and they overvalue some of their prospects. So I don't know. I don't know what the case is. But next on the list is the Toronto Blue Jays. And the trade proposal that's brought up here is one that if it happened, like, in 2022, you would trip over yourself trying to hit the yes button, accept the trade, like you do in fantasy uh, baseball or football, whatever you're playing. You're like, yes, yes, I'll take that. I'll tell you what this trade is next on Locked on Cardinals. We spend a lot of time talking together, you and I. We get fired up together on wins and losses, who starts and who sits, and I'm thankful for the connection that we have. And today I want our chat to be a little bit more personal. I just learned that you can get a one-year supply on ED medications. You realize what that means? Bring on extended travel. Bring on the next natural disaster or supply chain issue. You are covered, my friend. You don't have to worry about whether or not you can refill your generics for Cialis, Viagra, or Herbatio prescription. And this is possible because of our friends at Jace Medical. You can go online right now at jacemedical.com to receive your 12-month supply on your daily medication. Now, remember to use the promo code. Very important here. Locked on at checkout for a discount as well. A verified customer had this to say about Jace, quote, I am thankful for this service. Supply chain issues caused me to cut pills in half to have it. I ordered most of my daily meds with a year supply. I also ordered antibiotic kit. I feel secure now. Prices are lower than local pharmacies. I highly recommend this for everyone. Now, if you or someone you love would get some peace of mind by having a year supply of any daily med, go to jacemedical.com to see if it's offered to you. Remember, got to use that promo code. It'll save you some money. Promo code is locked on, L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, for $20 off your purchase. Thanks for making Locked on Cardinals your first listen every day. You can leave comments on YouTube as well as on Twitter X anytime you want. Feedback always welcome. It's always encouraged whether you agree or disagree with what we say on this show. It's okay. We're all fans having a conversation about what we think our favorite team, the St. Louis Cardinals, should be doing or shouldn't be doing. Uh, we're running down the list from stltoday.com's Derek Gould, who did an article about four teams that seem to make good trade partners for the Cardinals in their attempt to get the the precious pitching. And uh, I have the article linked in the description and in the show notes so you can read the entire thing for yourself because I'm just taking little tidbits here and there from the article. He goes more in depth on all of this stuff, so I encourage you to go read the article. Um, next on his list is the Toronto Blue Jays, whom the Cardinals obviously familiar with uh, after trading both Jordan Hicks and Henesis Cabrera to them this past season, although those trades were under very different circumstances. Remember, Cabrera got DFA. The Cardinals just did not want him around anymore, was ready to move on. And then uh, Hicks, obviously, was a, a big catch for them and is now a free agent. And the name that he brings up is not any of the top four starters in their rotation from this past year, from 2023. So no Kevin Gosman or... Jose Barrios or Chris Bassett or even Yusei Kikuchi. None of them. But instead, he brings up the name of 2022 All-Star and former first-round pick Alec Manoa. In 2022, Manoa went 16-7 and with a 2.24 ERA 
His ERA plus was 172. He was an all-star. He finished third in the Cy Young voting and even got some MVP votes. But 2023, completely different story. An absolute nightmare for Manoa. He went 3-9, and nine, ERA 5.87. His ERA plus dropped all the way down to 72. Remember, 100 is the league average. So 72. He was sent to the organization's minor league complex at one point and then was sent to AAA at the end of the season. Uh, never appeared in games there and didn't pitch for the Blue Jays. I think it was after like the beginning of August. Like it was over. And we've heard the term lottery ticket or reclamation project kind of kicked around this offseason when discussing the Cardinals' possible pitching additions for next year, where Mo seems to be comfortable if he can get two legit dudes, and then if they could get one of these lottery tickets or reclamation projects as a third guy, that that would be kind of nice. Uh, Lucas Giolito, someone who would fit in that bucket, Alec Manoa, would also fit there. And the thing about Manoa is he's still only 25 years old, guys. And Gold brings up that Ben Nicholson, who's a sports writer for Sportsnet, brought up a Dylan Carlson for Alec Manoa trade among the dozens of ideas that he had to alter the Blue Jays roster for next year and make them better. Like he went through so many different ways. He had grids set up and everything. It was kind of a wild read. But according to the general manager of the Toronto Blue Jays, Ross Atkins, they are leaning towards Alec Manoa having the fifth spot in their rotation in 2024, saying, quote, he has earned the right to have a strong leg up in the fifth starter competition and that he feels so good about him returning to the 2021-22 version of himself. Now, to me, that doesn't necessarily sound like a guy who's looking to trade him, but at the same time, it doesn't sound like a guy that is banking on the guy who going into last season was the ace of the staff along with Kevin Gosman. Yeah, you know, it sounds like he's going to be all right to be like our fifth guy. It just doesn't sound like there's a lot of confidence behind that. Um, Manoa's dominant slider vanished last year. His walk rate went up. The strikeout percentage goes down. Now, could Ali, Dusty Blake, their trusty iPads, and maybe Yachty? If he comes back, figure out what happened and uh, bring Manoa back to form. I think many fans would have their doubts about that, especially if Yachty isn't around. If you've read any of the comments <laughs> in any of these videos recently about people's thoughts on Ali and Dusty Blake and all of that. So, um, but Alec Manoa, an interesting name. He's had one bad season, still 25. You swap him for Dylan Carlson. Can you turn him around? I feel like that would be a good try. Again, if that was 2022, you'd be like, yes, I will take that. So the last team on the list here, uh, the Chicago White Sox, who we're going to talk a lot about here at the end. Uh, Gould points out that their new general manager, Chris Getz, bluntly came out and said, I don't like our team. That's what he said. That was a quote. And described it to the Chicago Sun-Times as not well-rounded and that there are no untouchables which is music to the ears of Cardinals fans who are dreaming of somehow, some way of bringing one Dylan Cease to the friendly confines of Bush Stadium. Now, Cease, if you're unfamiliar with him, finished second in the Cy Young voting ahead of Manoa in 2022. Verlander ended up winning it, but uh, he was second. Also had a down year in 2023. Not Manoa bad, 
by any means, but seven and nine, 4.58 ERA. Not exactly what uh, the Chicago White Sox fans were anticipating from him in 2023, but they had a similar path like the Cardinals, man. Things just went bad. It just did not work out for the White Sox. And um, Gould wonders what the Sox would seek in return is wider open than teams specifically looking for impact lineup additions. The Sox could veer younger, seek upside in control. They could look to fill openings like at shortstop. You know, they just let Tim Anderson go or those offensive options. They could also try to add depth as they explore other trades from a roster Gets seems eager to alter. I mean, if you can get Dylan Cease, like, wow, right? That's that's that would be nice if you could make a trade and get like a Dylan Cease, and then you're able to sign because then you wouldn't get one of the top tier guys because you've been trading people. So, you know, I mean, I still want Sonny Gray, I still like that. I thought I like that deal two, three years, or whatever, probably three years. Um, but if you could do those two and then like a Seth Lugo or a Michael Waka, I feel like you'd be okay with that. I think most fans would be. Maybe they, maybe not. Maybe it's Yamamoto or Bust for for some people. But um, when talking about Dylan Cease trades, our buddy Josh Jacobs at RedbirdRants.com, I tried to get him on the show. He was too busy, and I was recording late tonight, so it didn't work out. But uh, he did put out an article uh, about five deals for Dylan Cease, and uh, we're going to run through that. And uh, we'll tell you all about them next. There's some tough ones on here. We'll talk about them next on Locked on Cardinals. All right, my friend and yours, Josh Jacobs at RedbirdRants.com put together five separate deals that he thinks could be a, could be good enough to grab Dylan Cease from the Chicago White Sox. Now, per usual, I'll link the article in the description and in the show notes. I'm, I'm just giving you the little quick tidbits and rundown. The whole article, way more interesting than what I'm going to tell you, so I encourage you to please go read the article for yourself. Uh, and also, when we go through these, keep an open mind here because I know people get worked up about these uh, different trade packages. Josh is not saying that this is, this has to happen. Like these deals are the way they have to be done, but he's just giving you different scenarios as to what might need to happen if the Cardinals want somebody of the caliber of Dylan Cease, who also has multiple years of control still left. Okay. So number one, Dylan Cease in exchange. I'm going to put a Dylan Cease picture back up here too. By the way, I love these socks uniforms. If you're watching on YouTube, those are great. I like those much better than the black and white pinstripe. I think those are awesome. Anyway, Dylan Cease in exchange for Tommy Edmond, top pitching prospect, Tink Hentz, former pitching prospect, or I shouldn't say former, former number one pitching prospect because he was number one there for a little bit. Um, he's actually ahead of Libertor for a little bit there. Um, but Gordon Graceffo, who was still a pitching prospect, and outfielder Joshua Baez, who is a, a young outfielder, a lot of power potential, but just hasn't quite gotten there just yet, but he's very, very young. Anyway, the White, this is what Josh says. The White Sox currently have openings at both shortstop and second base, making Edmund a perfect fit for their middle infield. He's got the same amount of club control left as Cease and could be a long-term answer for them up the middle or a future trade ship for them to utilize. Team Kent's is the real star of this package, though, and would be the tough pill the Cardinals would need to swallow to make this happen. From the Cardinals' end, they acquire a frontline starter and do so by only giving up one 
Major League Baseball regular in the process. So MLB regular in the process. So that's number one. Number two, Dylan Cease for Team Kent's again. This year's first-round pick, outfielder Chase Davis, Alec Burleson, and pitching prospect Sim Robertson, who they got from Toronto. That was part of the Jordan Hicks deal. Josh writes that after Hens, the next biggest piece of the puzzle is Chase Davis. Davis projects to be a left-handed slugger who could stay in center field but likely ends up in one of the corners instead. He has a very high ceiling as a potential power-hitting outfield bat, but there's also no guarantee he will reach those heights. He is likely two or three years away from St. Louis as well, but would be appealing to Chicago in their rebuild. This is a lot of prospect capital to give up, but that is the cost of acquiring top-end starters with control. Number three, Dylan Cease. For shortstop, Mason Wynn, Dylan Carlson, and Matthew Libertor. Now, everybody's freaking out, I'm sure. You're here, and then you're going, no, 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 no. We're not trading Mason Wynn. Well, Josh acknowledges the upside of Wynn, the glove that we saw, the speed that he displayed. Uh, hopefully the bat, which struggled after his call-up last year, but was very good at double-A and then triple-A. Uh, this is what Josh says. I'm not quick to move him, talking about Mason Wynn, and I'd much rather give up a strong package of prospects or something involving admin instead. But if the White Sox are after one of the Cardinals' young middle infielders, I think Wynn is the one I would part with first. Nolan Gorman and Brennan Donovan mean way too much to this club's offense, and admin is more than adequate to cover shortstop if needed. I don't want to trade when and would name a lot of other players I would part with before him, but it's not a trade. I'm a hard no one. So he's not saying never, which John Moselock has said over and over before that you never say never. Nobody is untradeable. If somebody brought you this outlandish package, you would trade just about anybody. But clearly here, he is not actively wanting to trade uh, Mason Wynn for Dylan Cease, okay? So everybody calm down. Uh, number four, Cease for Nolan Gorman, former first-rounder Michael McGreevy and catching prospect Leonardo Bernard, Bernal. Uh, Josh writes, here's a deal I'm completely out on, but I'm offering it up as a look at what the White Sox may end up asking for. The White Sox still need to sell tickets, and getting a ton of prospects or Tommy Edmond in return doesn't necessarily do that. Gorman could prove, oh, excuse me. Gorman could provide them with a young building block for their future contender, which also, while also giving them someone to watch next season. The Cardinals cannot trade Gorman. If they would rather trade Gorman to get their pitching than spend the money, that is a massive mistake. And to that, I say amen. <laughs> I have been a hard no on trading Gorman since last year, and uh, I'm glad that Josh agrees with me on that one. Uh, he continues here saying. Michael McGreevy has a very low ceiling as a pitch to contact back of the rotation starter, but it's still a helpful piece to have. Leonardo Bernal is a very intriguing catching prospect, but Ivan Herrera's presence makes him expendable here. So again, doesn't want to trade Gorman, thinks it's a dumb idea to trade Gorman, but that's probably somebody that the White Sox are going to ask about. So you got to put it into a package just to, just to do it. And finally, number five, Dylan Cease for Brendan Donovan, Gordon Graceffo, Michael McGreevy, and shortstop prospect Jonathan Mejia. Josh writes, this may be an unpopular take, but I also would hang up the phone if the White Sox asked for Brendan Donovan. He's a different player than Norman Gorman, but I think is still equally valuable long-term. 
Having Gorman, Donovan, and Newt Bar is crucial to bringing balance to the Cardinals' order. You know how bad I wanted to say bring balance to the force right there? I want to say that so bad. Uh, anyway, over the last five or six years, they've been very right-handed heavy, which can make matching up with the best right-handed pitchers in baseball difficult. Jonathan Mejia is another raw prospect who the White Sox can take a chance on long-term. So there you go. Those are the five packages that Josh Jacobs comes up with at uh, redbirdrants.com. All right, let's see. What do we think about these? What do we think about these? Well, look, I have no doubts about just let me give you my own opinion on this. I have no doubts about Brandon Donovan's value to this team. But if I have a chance, let me just paint this for you. If I have a chance to get a Cy Young caliber pitcher, and I believe that Dylan Cease is going to be that guy moving forward, much less the guy you saw in 2023, more of the guy you saw in 2022. If that's what I believe, am I really going to let a soon-to-be 27-year-old. Donovan turns 27 in January. Am I really going to let a soon-to-be 27-year-old utility guy, albeit a very good utility guy, one of the best in baseball, but am I going to let that guy who's coming off elbow surgery stand in the way of me getting somebody of the caliber of Dylan Cease? No, <laughs> I'm not. I, I... I, I get it. I get that Brennan Donovan is good. And he's got, I'm putting this picture up because he's got the most amazing hair in the world, right? Good looking dude. Swings from the left-hand side of the plate. Showed more power this season. But if if I believe that Dylan Cease is him, I'm not letting Brennan Donovan hold me back from acquiring that person. I'm just not. I mean, these are hard decisions, which is why I'm glad I'm not the one who actually has to make them. This guy does. John Mosellock, he's the one who's got to make these decisions. But I'm curious, which one of these five scenarios that Josh presents would be your favorite if you had to choose one? Now, just pretend you're Mo. Hold on, I got a better picture of Mo because he's he looking laid back right there. Let's get this one up here. Where Do I have any of them with a boat? Ooh, here we go. You got a bow tie on there. This is it from the Adam Wainwright ceremony. Anyway, pretend you're Mo. You got the bow tie on like he does in this in this picture. He's not wearing his glasses in this one, but pretend you got your glasses on because you're very serious right now. You've cleaned them. You're ready to go. You're pulling the trigger on one of these five scenarios. And you get Dylan Cease. All you got to do is pick one. Which one are you going to go with? I'm probably rolling with number five. I'm sorry. To be honest, I'm going with number five. I think the Cardinals can survive without Brennan Donovan. I think he's good. But again, I'm not letting him hold me back from getting somebody of the caliber of Dylan Cease. I'm just not going to do it. I like number one. It's good, but I'd hate to have to lose hints in that one. But what do we always say? You got to give to get. You got to give to get. I don't foresee the White Sox getting robbed in a trade for Dylan Cease. I think a lot of teams are going to be after him if what 
this GM for the White Sox. I mean, the way he talks about their team, they're like, ah, it sounds like we're going to blow it up. I'd ask about Luis Robert Jr. Why you got him on the horn? Because I think he's an amazing talent. But uncomfortable decisions is the term that Mosellock recently said. I got, I got the quote here. In an offseason where there is certainly a lot of noise of what may or may not happen with the market, our approach is going to be that we understand that there might be some uncomfortable decisions for us, and we'll see how we react to it. But we're also not going to just do something stupid just to say that we did it. Well, I hope not. <laughs> I hope you don't just trade people just to trade people. I hope that there's a purpose behind it, and you know you've done your due diligence, and you know you make a good trade, a good baseball trade where both teams benefit from it, at least from the outset. And hopefully at the end, you know, the Cardinals win the trade, which more times than not, they have over the years. But let me know what you guys think would be the most, let's steal another word from Mosellac, prudent. Let me know what you guys think would be the most prudent deal out of those that Josh Jacobs presented to you, and we can revisit this in another episode. Maybe we do it tomorrow. Uh, thank you again for making Locked on Cardinals your first listen every day. If you haven't already, give us a follow on Twitter, X at LO underscore Cardinals and at JD Sports Radio. Please like and subscribe on YouTube. We're almost to 8,000. My goal was to get to 8,000 before the end of the year, and it looks like we're going to do that before we even hit the middle of November. So maybe I should be shooting higher than 8,000. Maybe we should be shooting for 9 or 10 by the end of the year. I don't know. We'll need the Cardinals to sign somebody big for that to happen, I'm sure. But uh, anyway, I appreciate all of you who already like and subscribe daily. And uh, for those of you who are new, welcome aboard. Help uh, our channel and love for the Cardinals grow. You guys are the best fans in baseball for a reason. And I will see you next time on Locked on Cardinals.